Nico, Mark, so uh, we have done a podcast backwards before. Uh, this week, we're going to do one silent and in sign language. <laughs> so turn on your videos, boys, and turn your mics off. Not a bad intro. I'm, Not a bad I'm, intro. But next, we will find out, we will talk about how this movie might have predicted COVID. Movie Tales. I'll have what she's having. Hosted by Mark, Jeff, and Nick. Round up the usual suspects. Three lifelong friends who all dropped out of film school because they all figured out they loved watching movies more than making them. Are you not entertained? Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. These cinephiles review and reveal widely unknown factoids, lore, myths, trivia, and cultural impact of the movie. Mostly funny. I'm your huckleberry. Sometimes serious. I'm going to make them an awful game with you. Definitely interesting insight into the best movies we only thought we knew. He's looking at you, kid. Mark, what are we watching this week? Well, boys, we are watching the 2018 very, very, very quiet movie, The Quiet Place. And for those that need a refresher... On a devastated Earth overrun by lethal and ever-hearing predators of a possible extraterrestrial origin, the Abbots struggle to survive in a desolate New York City in a new era of utter silence. As this new type of invader is attracted to noise, even the slightest of sounds can be deadly. However, it's been already 12 months since the powerful monster's first sightings, and this resilient family still stands strong. To learn the rules of survival in this muted dystopia is essential. Nevertheless, an otherwise joyous event is threatening an already frail stability. Now more than ever, don't make a sound. <laughs> As from Nick Reganis on his contribution to IMDb this week. Thanks, Nick. I really dramatized it out, obviously. But uh, moment in time, when uh, Jeff, let's let's talk. When when did you see it? I saw this movie in theaters, and I didn't actually. I hadn't read a lot about it or heard much. As you know, I'm a big horror film fan, so and I, I knew it had good reviews, so I was excited to see it. And it, this is a very cool movie. If you, I, I'd like. I don't know if either of you had the opportunity to see this in movie theaters, but this is a cool movie in the theater because the whole idea of not making a sound is like weirdly contagious and it was the most silent movie theater i've like ever been in uh and it was it was it was interesting because like you barely even heard people eating popcorn and that's funny because one thing when i dived into the research of this film uh one movie theaters hated this movie because most movie theaters something like 80 percent of their revenues come from concessions and this movie had one of the lowest concession sales in like the history of films. And they, they attributed it. They, the marketing people at theaters checked it out and watched the movie. People would feel weird about unwrapping things and stuff because the, the theater would be so silent because there was no dialogue. Yeah. So for what less, it, can, less candy sales. Which is super <laughs> interesting. It was interesting reading that because I can actually attest it's very quiet in the movie theater when you see this movie. And it, was, it made it a cool experience. 
because it added to the eeriness of the entire film. So it, it is always an awkward moment when you're in the middle of opening something and it suddenly oh, yeah. does get silent and you're like, oh, yep, I'm that guy. Yeah, especially this, modern day movie theaters that, that make you feel guilty about making any sound, right? Like a lot of a lot of them don't allow you to pull your phone out in the in like Alamo Draft House, for example, right? You're not allowed to. So yep, yeah, and that's a great so, rule. I'm on board with that. Yeah, it was. They literally kick you out of Alamo Draft House for pulling your phone out. Think about making popcorn sounds during a quiet movie like this. I will never forget. <laughs> I don't remember what movie we're seeing, Mark, but it was like the early days of like text messaging, and I was I think I was text messaging some girl or something, but like uh, throughout the movie. You about slapped the phone out of my hand. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, I felt it was it was rightfully so. <laughs> and I've never made that mistake again. I've learned that. happened to me like a year ago during away. that happened to me a year ago during Knives Out. <laughs> <laughs> Basically it's this for me. If if you're willing to pay the money to go to the movie theater, please just put your life aside and enjoy the movie. So, uh, yeah, it drives me bonkers when people are on their phone the whole movie. And Jeff, do you go- definitely weren't on your phone the whole movie. But, yeah, if you're right next to me, you're upset. it kills me. If my you're wife upset. says it, it kills me. Anyone. It drives me nuts. My kids? Oh, yeah. I felt bad. But audiences out there still buy popcorn and stuff. Our movie theaters need that revenue. <laughs> yeah, right now it's more than ever. That's an <laughs> so, understatement. That's an understatement. Quiet Place 2, don't worry about it. Buy all the popcorn you need. That, that's that's my recommendation. Nick, did you see it yet? Hold on, did you see the second one yet, Jeff? I haven't. I wanted to. I almost went last week, and then I um I got busy. Yeah, I but didn't I, get a I, I'm excited to. Either yeah. of you guys? No. For those listening, the sequel has just come out. I don't know when you'll be hearing this, but the sequel has just come out. Nick, you didn't see it yet, right? No. According to Jeff, I haven't even seen this one. So <laughs> one little no. crack. Said, have you ever not watched one of the movies? You're a little sensitive this week, Nico. <laughs> no, no. I've never not watched one of the movies, no. Has something slipped by here? <laughs> so I saw this movie in 2018 with our guest commentator, Mike Walty, and I dragged him out on a Saturday morning, and it was at the Alamo Draft House, which I just mentioned, and they served breakfast. This is how vivid my memory is. I remember every, every time I saw it, and the lesson he took away from it was a lot of father lessons, which I get now rewatching. John Krasinski's character with his children is very touching stuff. And I don't think I caught it the first time until we were walking out. And now, after hearing his commentary and now rewatching it, I'm like, oh yeah, totally. That, that was the heart of this film. The relationship with his children was touching stuff. And I think I was caught up in all the action and the alien and like I, I missed really what he saw. Sweet. So you saw it two years ago, or you saw it when it came out, basically, and then you hadn't so, seen it again three, until... Three years ago. No, no, I have not. Okay. Sweet. I'd never seen this. So, <laughs> this was, uh, it, I obviously, it's not that I didn't know about it. I just never got around to seeing it, and I knew some spoilers, including the ending. So, I was basically, well, well I never, I didn't need to watch it at that point. But uh, I'm glad we do what we do because it was a good watch. So, even though I knew it was going to happen in regards to that, it was still a great movie. So, it didn't ruin the movie for me. But, um,. Yeah, it it was. I'm glad we do the podcast because I'm, it, now I want to go see the sequel. So I'm going to spend some of that money you just talked about, Jeff, at the theater. So, and we will buy popcorn, of course. So, jumping in right to what worked, I'm going to take right in, jump right in because it's fresh in my mind. The thing that I love the rising action, obviously, but like you just said, Nick, you nailed it. The element of the family 
and just the idea of how these parents are they're going to do they're willing to do anything for their children no matter the cost and it's the heart of the movie it totally works it obviously works because our two leads not only are they married in this movie they're married in real life so uh this was art imitating life in that regard but it it, it was is they they're perfect together it's great obviously they should be perfect together but i love that was my favorite part of the movie it's just the element of this this family unit and they, they they were so fearful of their daughter doing something alone not because they didn't trust her it's just because they can't be there if there's a sound it, like it's right. made so obvious and when they go on a mission somebody is watching the kids and that's what makes just that scene just nuts because the kids are by themselves she's having the baby in the bathtub later you know the movie just gets great and that's why i said the rising action i just love all of that I, I love all of it and the ending the, the ending i would have i would have loved more probably if i didn't know what was going to happen so that was that's included in the rising action but mm. <laughs> what worked for you way, that's a great way to put it what about Me? you yeah I, I think the same thing. I loved how short and action-filled it was. I felt like it was kind of a little bit Tremors meets... <laughs> I've been thinking about this all week. Tremors meets I Am Legend. That's the perfect comparison if I had a Hollywood pitch this thing. But for somehow it worked out, and I think it worked out because of the good acting. I think John Krasinski is a good actor, and I know people know him mostly from The Office, but I think he's got so much range. And I, I, I get he's a family man now, too, so that kind of made this role deeper for him, I think. I, I see him as a dad role, but he's going to be an action star, too. And, and I love this that's guy. Why, I really that's do. That's why he wanted to do the movie. He actually, yeah. being a father is what made him want to do, like, yeah. want to do this movie. And it's yeah. special, too. This guy is this guy's underrated. And I don't know I what he's going to do that. next. Yeah, he is. And he he's, works. He really he's works. Great. He's great in Jack Ryan. Uh, yeah, I, I've never I seen it. skeptical of that as well, it. and he's very good at it. He almost missed out on all of this because of Jack Ryan. So thank God he was willing to do it. Yeah. Well, he's obviously directed it and everything, right? Yeah, but um, I believe he... The timing of Jack Ryan. Yeah, he, tur- he almost turned down this film as he was about to start work on Jack Ryan when he asked uh, when he was, when asked by the producers if he'd be interested in appearing in a horror film. John replied that he did not do horror. But when he was presented with the premise about a family that can't make any noise and you have to figure out why, he jumped on board right away. He's like, I'm in. I'm in. But I, I think outside of his comedy skills, I think he's he's a special actor. Did you see that they just happened to be on the plane, and he was, after he read, he's like, you got to read this, this looks good. And Emily Blunt similarly had no interest in really doing, like, a horror film, or, and hadn't, she was just, she was actually just reading it with him in mind. And once she read it, she's like, she told him, not only do you have to do this, I have to do this with you. Yeah. And it's crazy. <laughs> I thought that it's was so cool. It, and it's it, they fell in love with this this script that has no dialogue. And Jeff, I know you and I appreciate this because we took screenwriting class together, and Show we not know how, we, well no, but we just know how much of that screenplay is not dialogue. Yep. So it makes sense for us to see to like read that this only had thirty eight lines of dialogue or whatever, but the this you know the screenplay was one of the best screenplays being passed around Hollywood. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because actually I have written down in what works for me is the concept of visual storytelling. And like this movie is one of the best examples of just how cinematic visual storytelling can be. Mm-hmm. And how like uh, the other thing I had 
Were you done, Nick? Or do you, um, no, I, I'm just telling you what you said. No, I think, I think you're right. There was not a lot of sound, obviously, cinematic. Their facial expressions is really what did their acting here. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah, for sure. The other thing I had, the other thing I had is, um, and once we've talked about this every podcast, Nick, what's the number one wor- rule in horror films? Less is better. Less is more, and we barely see more. these monsters, um, which we, which we, makes we're it scary. Talk about that in a little and it bit. makes I'll it get into that. It makes it work so freaking well. Uh, and the other thing I have written down was the use of sign language and subtitling the sign language. And the reason I put that was they actually intended to originally not subtitle the sign I know, language. and I wish they and, wouldn't have. Oh, interesting. Oh, I, I don't think... I think it would have been too hard during some of those conversations. But I think that difficulty would have added to the element of us being in that environment and in that world. And I don't think I would have hated it. I think I would have liked it. When I saw that that was their original intention, obviously I, it works. See, I had the opposite. Works. I had the opposite reaction. I was like, I don't know that I would have liked... Because even watching the film, I'm like... I wish I knew sign language, but I don't. So I'm kind of glad that they're giving me these subtitles. I remember I am, having. But that when thought. you read the subtitles, really, you're kind of like, okay, I get. After seeing, after reading that, I wish I. Well, not that I wish I knew that, but it makes sense knowing that that was their original intention because so much of the sign language is definitely easy, easily easy to interpret. Yeah. And because of that one scene where she fights with her dad. That was the one scene where the sign language was... They were like, we need subtitles. Otherwise, they're going to have no clue what they're fighting about. And I wonder I wonder why they didn't just do it for just that scene. That I, me, too, me too. Me too. Because it would have worked in that way. I think it would have worked. But it, whatever. Either way, it, the sign language was cool. It was a cool element, regardless. I thought that that was just a cool element in the film. And I, I also thought it was super cool that they used a, a real deaf actress. Yeah, she... Uh, yeah. Good. Oh, good my God. That. She was a real deaf actress? Yeah, I never saw really, that. Yeah, she's oh. really deaf. Yeah. You just threw a jab. I yeah, love it. Yeah, Reagan. That's um, my job. What's yes. What's her name? What's her name? Uh, M- Millicent Simmons. Millicent Simmons. Yeah. Millicent Simmons, she's been deaf since infancy due to a medication overdose. This was the second Jesus. film she starred in, with Wonderstruck being her first movie. Good stuff. You know I love that. Yep. We got you. you know, we got I, listen, you. I listen to you guys babble just to get to this uh, folklore stuff. Get to know. the good stuff. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm here. Speaking of babbling, speaking of babbling, why don't you babble on about your favorite scene, Nico? <laughs> A good transition. Oh, my favorite. I mean, my favorite scene is where he dies and he tells his daughter he loves her, and that shit gave me goosebumps. Even Dude, on the rewatch and originally. Tears in my like. I started to have tears well up in my eyes during a fucking yeah. horror, during a fucking horror film. Like, and yeah. And here's what's funny for me, right? Because I knew that he dies. That just that scene, I just I was totally emotionally not even connected. <laughs> I was I, totally because it was so, spoiled for me. <laughs> I knew that. Well, I'm I'm saying my te- I teared up the second during the rewatch. No, I know, <laughs> so, but you but still, you felt that moment the first, the first time, time. That's what I'm saying. So, I never right. got to feel that moment. I feel like I feel like extra robbed now that you, both of you love that scene so much. <laughs> it just I do. I mean, absolute goosebumps. There's a lot of good scenes, but I literally, I literally had goosebumps and seriously wanted to like tear up during it, even on the rewatch. And I remember and on the that- original too, and like everything tribute to Mike Walty about being a dad and thinking about his kids when you're watching it. Like it was just so touching, and obviously yeah, gave his life for him. Yeah, it too. builds. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to them! Shout shout, shout out, out to, to the Wellesley twins. To the twins, yeah. Um, but no, say like that entire build up 
into just like why he does some of the things he does and he's kind of hard on the kids and kind of a hard right. ass and all this stuff totally. like yeah that scene when you see that look and he says that the, look you're absolutely right you. it's the fucking look yeah well yeah it has to be the look this is a silent movie that's what you said the Please. facial expressions do everything yeah. you already called it Nico. yeah you totally get it like you get everything he did before then and why he did everything he did. Ah, yeah. Jeff, that's just, so it good. Works. That's so what good, The family yeah. element. The family element. Yeah. It just, just These parents are willing to do everything. And I know we have no quotes this week, everybody. I'm jumping ahead. We're going to go back to scenes. <laughs> There's obviously no quotes. Well, no, but I mean... <laughs> anyway, but, the, but, right. but there is that Agreed. line. We, we, you know, who are we if we can't protect them? We have to protect them. And that's the message. That's, oh, that's the whole theme of the movie. It is. So, uh, you know, and, and I haven't seen the sequel yet, but I hope the sequel ends up with the kids having to survive on their own, based on make, how the first one ends. Make your kids take... Oh, wait, actually, he's dead now, so I guess I won't be part of it. I was going to say, make your kids take you to the sequel on Father's Day, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. What was uh, your favorite scene, Jeff? Well, I you, mean, besides that one. The I same one. So, I, there's... The, the two, my two favorites, uh, but I'll, I know you're going to talk about the one in the beginning. I'm going to let you talk about that one. Because I actually really enjoyed the scene behind the waterfall. Ah, uh, I love that too. That I have that note. the water scene where she wakes up and she has to hide under the the running water. I have that in my notes. I love that too. It was great. Um, and I, uh, it, it shows actually, how much thought has gone into their survival skills. Absolutely. I was actually talking about the one behind the waterfall with John and his son. Oh, that scene. That's Jen's favorite scene. So and sorry for scene, those not listening. That's my wife. <laughs> that scene to me kind of explain like that was some needed. The nice thing about this movie is there isn't too much exposition, but that was some needed exposition on where the characters were and mm-hmm. like kind of like what they were thinking. And I it just it lays out the rest of the film so beautifully. Yeah. And I it just uh, it just really stuck out to me and I thought it was well done. Uh, and uh, and not too much. Um, also just love how crisp. I know this is back in what worked kind of but I just love how crisp this film is. Crisp 86 there's no waste like Great job editing. You know me, I hate long movies and shit where there's too much. This movie is like everything yeah, you need. It is, Chris. It's You're perfect. Right. There are certainly no mariachi bands. There are no mariachi bands. Thank God. Uh, Mark, sure. go ahead. Go, go talk about the beginning if you want. Well, no, I do. Okay, so yeah, you said that. And obviously, yeah, that is. That bridge scene where the youngest kid gets taken at the beginning of the film, it really sets the tone of the movie that we're watching is serious. So many, so many jump scare movies over the last I don't know 30 years <laughs> have come out that they're just not good and this one I, I don't know it showed how serious it was we watched this family it's, who we it know, sets the stakes yeah exactly. the movie too. It, 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 anybody it, can it literally says we will kill anybody because they yeah, kill the yeah, littlest kid exactly. in this movie yeah. in the first and the family the family knows they can't do anything about it, and I think that's probably the coolest part of it. Yep. I, maybe coolest is the wrong word here, but I, I think that the just they have to just sit there and watch in shock, knowing what's about to happen. I hate to be redundant, but when when the kids picked up that fucking look that they give, yeah, John Krasinski gives some looks in this. I it proves how much of acting is nonverbal in this yeah. movie, sure. and it's no, in, it's incredible. Jeff. You're fired tonight. You I'm are. You, you are. Yeah. I agree. And if you think about it, I mean, all of his years, he sits in an office, and how great was that show? Yeah, so right. How much, how much did he learn doing that show that goes into this movie? He hadn't directed movies before this. He did three episodes of The Office. He, he learned how to direct because of how all his time on The Office. 
Yeah, that's how that's how talent that's how much talent was behind that show. It shows in his in what he was able to pull off doing this. I mean, this is his first movie he's ever directed. It's phenomenal for a first time film. Absolutely, it, it and, it's and phenomenal. It's for a first time starring. I mean, beyond the directing, the starring, like yeah, everything. And he just did the sequel. And he nailed and, it. And the sequel's the first you know hit movie you know post pandemic or yeah. you know during the you know. You know. What, however right. you want to classify it, it, it brought yeah. movies back. That that movie killed it at the boxes. Thanks God, they theaters yeah. needed a, they needed a win. Thank God. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But way and to go, the, John. Yeah, it, 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 I I also love the baby scene. That scene's awesome. <laughs> that, oh my God. It, yes, that's an incredible scene. And I think because you guys had seen it before, maybe that's why you, you, you we just you kind of glossed over it. But for as a first as a first time, I've only seen it once, and as a first time viewer, that scene was unreal. Like, but my wife said is a little unbelievable, obviously, because she's had a couple kids. But of course. whatever, I can suspend that. I don't care because the scene is just so well done. The build up to it, because uh, in your mind, you don't know that they have that room design necessarily yet, or anything. You know, it's like the build yeah. up to it in your mind yeah. the entire yeah. time you're going, okay, how the fuck is this going to work? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you, yeah. you just and you see, it, it's and this impending the, dread that yeah. you have towards that moment. And then once you see the crib. Like the crib setup and the oxygen tank to stop the crying. It's just unreal how much thought went into this. And which is why I love the. That's why I, was, I meant the. I was talking about that other water scene where she yep. wakes up after she's exhausted and had a baby. Yep. And to all of a sudden flooding and realizing one of these creatures is in the basement with her. And she's just like, oh my God. And so she gets the baby. It's just incredible. And she's got to hide under that water stream. The, the, like when, I, when we talked movie... about what worked. At that rising action, because yep. you guys talked all about how the ending is so great, the culmination, the climax, with you know where they're in the truck and we have this with the dad moment, and it's true, it is great, but all this, all this action led to it, all this buildup, and it's this all within eighty-five minutes, like you said. Incredible job of setups and payoffs. Yeah, the set, the setup of the nail that you know is just sitting there and is going to get somebody. Yeah. Before she steps on it, the setup of the earpiece that kind of okay, that's the one thing that kind of makes the aliens vulnerable. And how yeah. is that the setup in the very beginning of when the alien coming, like even before that, kind of the setup of why the fuck are these guys happen to be so quiet? What's the big deal? Like right. this movie is all set up and pay set setups and payoffs, and it's just such a great device, and it delivers yeah. again and again and again in the film. I agree, and I think if I if we had John Krasinski with us right now, I would bet money that he's a really big Steven Spielberg fan. Why do you say that? I just get a real Jurassic Park. There's a very Spielberg Jaws vibe to, these to, to this to yeah. this move to this movie, and, and as weird as that might feel, this just feels like a just a fast version of a Spielberg action movie. It just it's just an adventure movie. It, well, with the focus the, the, on fam, the focus on family as well. He didn't have John Williams backing him up, though. This is true. He did not need John Williams in this case. But dun 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 dun. I love uh, that we work that in. That's amazing. I, I do love that we work that. <laughs> Speaking of working things in, favorite quotes. <laughs> I have or like uh, the... written down. <laughs> <when> he... 
<laughs> Which that's, Oz that from John Krasinski from, or from, from the Krasinski, old man? From Krasinski. From the old man oh, that's in the right. There is. The <laughs> uh, is a repeated line in the film. That's, yeah, obviously. Uh, speaking of no... setups, speaking of setups and payoffs, Mark. Like that's a. I mean, that's because that's part of where Krasinski probably gets the idea to use yeah, that for later. Sure. Like, for sure. that's awesome. Um, he knew he now, had to sacrifice himself. At that I point. wrote down, "I love you." I always loved you. Obviously, done in sign language, but still a line, I guess. I don't. Did you guys have anything else for quotes? There's really not many quotes. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, no. I just well, I mentioned the one, the family one. The, who are we yeah. if we can't protect them? We Which is protect them. literally the heart of this movie. But, yeah, so. that's the heart of the movie. So, what but. didn't work? I have. one thing written down can i go right I into it thing. yeah go right jump in i didn't love the design of the creatures ah oh, that's actually either. good it me felt me like it wasn't an on alien. my list it wasn't on my list but i agree it felt I like an oh, alien so ripoff i'm so like glad. okay let's talk about this yes please this it is felt bad. like an alien ripoff to you i'm okay with that i dig the i dig the alien reference not only that I feel like they just totally saw Stranger Things a couple of years before and saw some Demogorgon action because it really felt like the Demogorgon to me from Stranger oh, Things. I didn't even think about had, that, but you're to right. To the point where I had to look up to see which one came before. Now, all that being said, because that was my one knock, I feel like they borrowed too much from the Demogorgon Stranger Things to, to create their, you know, their monster. However, John Krasinski wanted his movie creature to be extra special. So he discussed its general design and animations with ILM, with oh. the, which is all the com- with the company you know behind Star Wars and all that yeah. stuff. The visual effects wizard Scott Farrar, who'd been responsible for you know memorable stuff from Cocoon, Backdraft, and Transformers. And once I saw that, I was just like, damn! They even consulted with some really great people. And they still, that's what they came up with. So, oh, less I, is more. I, I, obviously, <laughs> yeah, less is more. And, and, and I agree. I didn't love the creatures. It doesn't ruin anything for me, no. but that was. It, just, yeah. it, it felt like aliens. I, don't, I just thought, yeah. Ugh. That's why it didn't work. There's also one other thing that might not have worked, but. Go for it. That was more of a pondering that we might get into a little bit later. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> what, do you, what do you got, Nick? I don't, I don't really have much. Okay. I thought that they kind of sped through a little bit at the end. I felt. Yeah, I wonder if that was budget. You know, I don't know. Just ran out of like Sometimes a long, I think of that when when I see. If I if I could describe it anyway, it was a long build up and then it was a fast conclusion. That's my problem with it. Huh. If I had to complain. There, there. Uh, yeah. Career corner. I didn't really put much for career corner. I, I just, just had Krasinski know. down. Uh, like just you covered a lot of that. That yeah. Th- he directed three episodes of The Office. Uh, getting a lot of his skills from there. This was kind of a smart move by him in going, um, like for the lengthening career, because he actually did the, you know, he did the deadpan comedy for, like, uh, his TV career, and then kind of shifted to, like, the action roles. I think that's going to give him a lot more breadth and longevity in his acting career. Uh, I think when you're taking advantage of those TV roles, if you can get a role in something very different than what you've done before and you can get people to buy in, then that's when you become like the the Tom Hanks's and the Leonardo DiCaprio, where you can play the dramatic roles, the comedic roles, and yeah, it'll be and the action roles. I think he has a future ahead of him. I think well, he's good. I, well, I think he has more than that. I don't even know how to really pinpoint it. Here's the thing: so him and Emily Blunt, they're married. Yep. She's great too. Oh, she's awesome. <laughs> she, she's got she's got a hell of a career. They've had I'm, they have two. I think they have two daughters together. 
And so they have this family unit. But my question is, he knows how to direct movies now. He's yeah, in he like he's like in the Ben Affleck territory where we've right? got we've got some acting, um, you know, some different range, like you said, and yep. now wait, you you can direct movies, and I don't know if you or earlier if you caught it, he never even had an intention of doing any type of scary movie, so no. so what he the only thing he has directed are movies that he really never had any intention that he would ever do. So that makes me wonder his future. Is the sky's the limit. I feel like that's because and that's what I thought. It, yeah, he. That's what I thought. We'd focus career movies. corner. A lot of times yeah. we say like a lot of times we say how they did, but since since this is kind of an up and comer, I was just like I was thinking about talking about what kind of career we'd like to see. Yeah, what no, would you I, like to see him do on his what What would you like to see him well, do for his next well, project? Obviously, he knows he knows comedy because he did he the did office, so many yeah. years with the office, and that and I'm convinced that's how he learned to direct was just working there. Well, just being and, yeah. Yeah, and um, it, it, he's he's already on board with the screenplay for part three of this, so he's into writing too. He helped with the screenplay for part two. I don't think they should make a part three here. But well, I don't even. I don't think they. I gotta see part it, two my guess before is, I make that judgment. But my guess yeah. is it was a two-picture sequel commitment based on the success of part one. That's yeah. my guess. Was what. it that much commercial success in part one? I guess I don't know. Part one was huge. Three hundred and fifty yeah. million. Yeah, I mean, to like I said, I knew that John Krasinski dies, and I never saw it. <laughs> so that tells you. I mean, it was spoiled for me, and it's so American obviously film, it was big enough. The American Film Institute named it one of the ten best movies of two thousand seventeen. Yeah, you know who really loves this movie is Stephen King. Stephen King sent a uh, like a text or a tweet to John Krasinski. Uh, about or maybe just he wrote a review about it, but like yeah. Krasinski the, just, said that was his favorite note or whatever. Just the element, just the master the of horror of, yeah. tells him he did it right. Yeah, right, right. He, I'll be able to go to bed easy for the rest of my life knowing that Stephen King said that about my movie, about my scary movie. <laughs> like yeah. for sure, just, for sure. So I just I yeah, this. I, I, I think he can do. I mean, I think he could do some cool stuff. I think he could direct and star in like a comedy, like we said. He's got the Jack Ryan thing going on now, so like actions definitely, and he's pretty good at that, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Like actions and in, in, on board. I'm very interested to see how the next 10, 20 years of his career plays out because I think this, this could. You never know. Careers can go different ways. We've talked For about sure. that on this podcast. And I'm interested to see. I think he's got some potential to be kind of special. Uh, and I'm really interested did. to I'm interested to see what his wife continues doing because oh, yeah. what yeah, a power team they make exactly what a power couple I agree and I, I one that I'll give more credit to moving forward because of this podcast I don't think I realized how much of a power couple they were until we did so this. she's had the bigger she's so she's kind of definitely had the bigger movie career but you still I still wonder I still wonder if because of the office and those rerun and those reruns. If he's uh, if he's footing if he's uh, bringing in more of the bacon, oh, well, I'm pretty those, sure <laughs> those office reruns are valuable. A lot of residual income. I'm gonna go out on a limb saying there's a lot more people that know who Jim Halpert is than Emily Blunt. I am gonna 100 percent agree. That's I how have to agree. The offices. Our friend Chris, shout out to our friend Kiss Chris. He's watched every episode of The Office like five times. He just watches it on, on a continuous loop. No disrespect to Emily Blunt. It's more a compliment to how popular and successful The Office is. 
It's nothing against Emily Blunt. The Office is one of the most successful shows in the history of television, you guys. It convinced... And it was a redo. <laughs> it convinced NBC... It was one of the convincing factors for NBC to launch Peacock because of the high demand they were receiving for The Office and for, like, new Office content. It, that, that is That thing is a damn juggernaut. All right. Oh. Speaking of juggernauts, let's get into Metal Podium. Mark, you're up. Metal, metal, bronze goes to Brian Woods and Scott Beck. Those are our writers who did the screenplay, which, like we said earlier, was named one of the 10 best scripts of the year on Tracking Board's 2017 hit list, which is an annual list voted on by industry pros. I had to give them credit. They came up with this script. Everybody loved this script, so why not give them a medal? Emily Blunt gets the silver medal. She's awesome. She's amazing. John Krasinski obviously gets my gold. He directed it. He stars in it. He sacrifices himself for his children in it. How can you not <laughs> give John Krasinski a gold medal for crying out loud? If neither of you gave John Krasinski a gold medal, I don't know. You need to rethink your lives. Let's right. go. Jeff, jump, what are your medals? I'll jump in. Uh, interesting. I was, I was almost exactly the same as you until I jumped into my research. I was going to uh -oh. give Brian Woods, the writer, the bronze. But then yep. jumping into my research and realizing that Miss Simmons is also deaf, Ooh, uh, pulled yeah, on my okay. heartstrings, and she was yeah. already in. She was in consideration anyway. I considered her because I think her performance is great. I, and I agree. I just I had to put her on the medal stand. Sorry, Brian Woods, you get honorable mention. I'm glad Mark gave you a, a medal. And anyway. Scott Beck. And Scott Beck. It was and a two Scott Beck. Team. Yep. Yep. And uh, but Simmons, you get the bronze. Emily Blunt, silver. She's tremendous in this film. She really uh, is. <laughs> it, like, an argument could if it could be, if Krasinski <laughs> if Krasinski didn't direct, maybe an argument can be made to giving her the gold. But oh my God, Krasinski! Just a, like we said, there's something special going on here. His performance is 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 money, and in a movie that we keep praising, everything we've praised just over and over again is work of the director in this film. Yeah. The payoffs, like the visual storytelling, that's done by the director. And John nails it. Gold. Yeah. I'm sure, pretty they sure it's a clean sweep for the gold. We'll, we'll see what Nico says. So, I don't know how you give a movie a medal to the writers and not the deaf actress. So, I'm pretty much going to go Emily Blunt Bronze. I think she's fantastic and wonderful. But I think I'm just so used to her being good that it kind of filters out, you know. But sure. I'm going to give the silver to Melissa and Simmons, the deaf actress. I thought. She was really the heart of key scenes in this movie, including when she killed the alien at the end. I, I loved, I loved her role in that, and I think she deserves a medal for that one scene. But I'm with Mark on John Krasinski as the gold because that touching scene that we've all talked about three times now just it hits me, and I think he he won this movie with that. So, but you're I mad think. that I gave the writers a medal. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I mean... The only reason this exists is because of the writers. And it's actually, it's a concept film, too. Like, the whole idea of this movie is the concept of, like, a... And here's the thing. I'm, I'm going the other direction. I'm going the other direction in facial acting. That's what I'm going towards. But uh, it's about that time, gentlemen. If you look at your watch or your microwave <laughs> clock, you might notice that it's uh, some of those midnight ponderings from Jeffrey. Yeah, so after uh, she steps on it, why didn't the wife or mother uh, remove that nail? Because everything revolves around sound. So every time I question why they don't do something, I'm then reminded, oh yeah, because it's going to make a shit ton of noise. How did they build, speaking of that, how did they build a soundproof crib without making a noise? 
They, exactly. Super hard. And but I said, but I thought about that right away. I was like, well, why didn't they? Why didn't they make themselves in a better soundproof? Oh yeah, because yep. they can't make noise. So the best they could do is get this mattress that they could silently drag over their entry point, which worked pretty well for them, might I add. I, I but, had the thought. I had the same thought, Mark. Where at one point I was like, why didn't they board up their windows? And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Because I know, that would I kept you, saying, "Oh yeah, that would anything, get you killed instantly." Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's actually we, a great device that allows so that for no improvisation. Into, so that leads me into this pondering that I had. I was up Love really it. late. It might have been two a.m. Actually, you guys. Okay. Because I was wondering, is this family only alive because they knew sign language before the world <laughs> ended? Oh, for sure. I actually <laughs> took that as being one of the reasons they're that's one of the few people one. alive. It, it, that's because cool. every that's other, why they're alive. They're able to communicate because they had a deaf You wouldn't child. be able to teach your kids sign language silently enough in time to yeah. not get killed by the aliens. For but sure. these guys were instantly able to communicate. Yeah, that totally that little girl's handicap saved all of their lives. Yeah. I got a, I got a big one for you boys. Nick's going to hate it. Uh, <laughs> did this movie predict COVID? The first scene in this film takes place in 2020. This movie was made in 2017. Bats <laughs> are also creature are, are creatures that are famously blind and rely on super hearing. And whether it came from a lab or came from a came from an animal, <laughs> everybody knows somebody ate a fucking bat. Maybe this film. <laughs> maybe for you conspiracy theories out theorists out there, maybe this film was a coded warning to what was to come. And is it any coincidence that all of a sudden COVID's over and the sequel comes out? <laughs> Something's going on here. No, I love it. I love it, though. But no, this is a great pondering. Hollywood might be responsible for everything, then, based on the timing of these two films is what, the, is what we're finding out here. <laughs> I'm just saying. It was a lot of contagion. suspicion. This contagion, this contagion had it right way ahead of time. This is, these are really good ponderings this week, you guys. We really were up late. I'm going to need to catch up on some sleep this week. Right. Well, that's right. You stayed up too late pondering. Any, <laughs> while we were pondering, is there anything we might have missed, Nico? <laughs> so my favorite thing that we missed is that basically John Krasinski tried to break the norm with killing his child in the beginning. And I thought that was totally awesome. And that Hitchcock way where he tried to kill Janet Lee yep. or Drew Barrymore in your favorite movie. He wanted to kill his child, even though it's a wildly unpopular idea, just, just to let him know that anything could go. It was meant to disrupt viewers' expectations, and I thought that was the coolest thing I could think of, you know? Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I mentioned it. I love that scene, and like Jeff and I, we talked about that opening scene, and that's part of totally what works in this movie, and I think it's probably one of the most memorable moments of this movie. It will be for me, at least. I don't know if it was for you on the rewatch. I think you guys probably knew what was about to come, and obviously you remembered. It w didn't sneak back up on you. It did, actually. I, I actually forgot. And then really? I was like, oh, my God, they're not fucking around. And I love that, right? It was, you forgot? That Hitchcock you started the song, right? That moment? I wouldn't have forgot. Jeff, you didn't did, forget, did you? No, not at all. Yeah, okay. I mean, I saw this in the theater opening weekend. That was three years ago. Of course, you but still, that's a pretty shock value moment. I don't think so I'm going to forget that. I did, have an interesting, I did have an but interesting you did. experience that's fair. on that's the rewatch is I thought I might have missed something in the beginning of this film because I came in a little late when I saw it in the theaters. But I really didn't. I actually just came in while they were in the store. So I didn't miss anything, but I didn't know that. And I was kind of like, I was always like, what did I miss? Did I not understand why these creatures are here? Anything like that? And then on the rewatch, I was like, oh, I didn't miss anything. That was a pointless story. 
but I felt no, like that's that okay. I, speaking <laughs> of pointless stories and things we may have missed, did you guys know that this might be a really big favorite film of the farming community? Do you know why? No, why? The filmmakers purchased twenty tons yep. of corn and hired local farmers to grow it. Yeah, just to make this movie. Forty thousand pounds of corn. We're gonna need a cornfield, but we're gonna pay the farming community to grow it for us. Like it's just movies are fun. <laughs> that was just a reminder yeah. for me when I read that. I was just like, it's fun what Hollywood does with movies. And then when you see things like that, it, it makes sense why sometimes movies have the budgets that they have. Oh yeah, we had to spend a million dollars on the corn. <laughs> Speaking of that, the their family name is Abbott. Abbot in Catholicism is the leader of a monastery. Abbots in monasteries, like Mr. and Miss Abbot, lead self-sufficient communities which often support themselves through means such as farming, like the family in the film. Some monasteries are also silent, and so members will not wear shoes as to not make noise, (laughs) will communicate infrequently the spoken language, and will pray together in silence, like the family does in this film. Yeah. So, j- just One. a quick little. Oh, you, I just had a little stat recap right on that ahead. dialogue. The so the screenplay originally only had one line of dialogue. Are you so kidding they, me? No, no. This, they only wanted one line of dialogue originally. It, it, the movie ends up having twenty-five lines of voice dialogue. Obviously, there's sign language dialogue used through also throughout. And then on top of it, they shot this thing in 36 days. That was the other little stat there that I just had. That is good. So, yeah. but Oh, oh, and the last note, the first dialogue that we do get isn't until 38 minutes into an 85-minute movie. That was on my list, too. Yeah. Yeah. And think about that. Did you guys see that this was originally supposed to be part of the Cloverfield universe? No. Mm Mm-mm. And at the um, at the vet, at the end, Krasinski convinced the studio because the Paramount Pictures that um, owns the Cloverfield universe and knows that that helps fill, sell films. He convinced them that this was better off being an independent film of its own and outside what of a, that universe. What a good move, too, right? And I bet this was a really interesting movie for the whole crew because did you see the crew was really. The crew was re- it was really stressed to the crew that they needed to be as silent. As yeah, possible. that was on my notes too. I was about to say that. Go ahead. Stress, and I would stressed out the crew. It stressed out I, your yeah, daughter. I, yeah, I would imagine that would be so f- hard oh, yeah. for them. What, what a weird thing that you've never been asked. Wait, you need me to shut up the entire time? Right. <laughs> right? Like, like not just during the filming, but like Yeah, the just the whole the thing. Yeah, yeah, everything. It was nuts. For sure. Like all the stress sure. of being out of set on top of it, not being able to talk. That would be super fun. Did you see that Krasinski actually plays the creature in a couple of the scenes? Yeah, I did see that for the stop motion. <laughs> so, That's why a gold medalist. <laughs> he even went out. He, he did. The gold medalist is playing both sides, offense he's, and defense. He's doing everything. He's he's a champ. And really, you know, who, who would have thought? He just, you know, he used to wear a suit and sit at a desk. That's that. Well, that's the thing is like, would you have ever predicted Jim from The Office would be the hits? Would be the new Jack Ryan and the star and director of one of the no, top exactly. horror films no, in, the, exactly. in the last 10 years. Like, it's amazing. Is it top horror film in the last 10 years? Probably, yeah. Tell me what's so. better. Give me, give me five that are better. Nah, we can't do that on the spot, obviously. Yeah, we we would need time to think that through. Because yeah, right, right. it's a but better it, genre, it, Jeff. It's just... That's funny. Anything else we missed, Nico? Nope. That's pretty much the best. 
That was good. That was good. Quiet Place. Good movie this week. Final thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, it just... Movies are a lot... Is even This is coming from a guy who loves dialogue, and right. a lot of my favorite movies have a lot of dialogue, but this is just living proof that movies are so much more than dialogue, and there's so much storytelling that can be done from facial expressions, from physical acting, and from the use mm. of the camera. I love that, Jeff. I do. Yeah. And I feel the same way, too. I'll hop right in. I... I really love John Krasinski. It felt like he transitioned big from the office to the big screen. I think it, he did it with this. I didn't really like that army movie he did about the Benghazi thing a few years before, but it felt like when he became a dad, he kind of took on he took that Kobe role of like I don't know. He felt like a different character, you know. And I really think he showed that well in this movie. The other thing I think is that the duality between him and Emily Blunt is like. Obviously, she's going to carry the second one, and he's going to—he carried the first one. And my, obviously, we all gave him a gold medal, but I think that's kind of special too. I can't wait to see the part two because I think she's capable of this, and I—I I think that that's pretty special between a married couple in Hollywood. You know, when I was thinking about my final thoughts for this movie, I guess I wanted to just jump in with how excited I am to see the the sequel, and I—and I had no idea how excited I would be to see the sequel because I had never seen this one until this week, so. I will probably see it this weekend, and Emily Blunt would probably get the gold medal for the sequel based on how this movie plays right. out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can make a safe prediction that she would be our gold medalist for. Right. Uh, we probably. <laughs> well, we don't know. Him. We don't know. We don't we'd know probably flip flop him, and Krasinski's probably getting my silver just because he directs the second one. What if the aliens have been upgraded this time, though, Jeff? What if and what? The, alien, the aliens could get a medal. The aliens could get a medal. They, they're never getting above a bronze. <laughs> <They're> never, <laughs> Yeah. But that being said, I hope the sequel plays on that. We really got off uh, tangent here on Final Thoughts. But <laughs> hey, oh well, that's what we do, and we're allowed to do it because it's our podcast. So thanks right. for listening, everybody. Yeah. But on behalf of uh, Jeff, Nick, and myself, we'll see you again with another great movie soon. Take care. <laughs>